Coming at you live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that fell asleep watching its own show. How dare you, Dad? <laughs> How dare you? I didn't say it was me, but... Uh-huh. But it was you. But, <laughs> but it was, so. in, in fact, if it's confession time, <laughs> I had to rewatch about five minutes of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of days ago. <laughs> hey, it's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name's Austin. I'm the Whovian. And these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the Noobs. And this is the podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. haven't. So welcome to episode number 150. <sighs> breathe it in, guys. 150. No, don't breathe. Wait. Don't breathe in. What? We're wasting oxygen. Oh, crap. We. <laughs> that wasn't even a bit that I planned. <laughs> <laughs> Deep breaths, guys. I just felt like 150, like we should pause and acknowledge this. I don't know, like 50 was like amazing. And then 100 was like, holy crap. And 150 is like, now nah, we're almost to 200. <laughs> Who cares anymore? We're getting there. Uh, so we're covering series 10, episode 5, Oxygen. This is the one where the doctor and Bill fight spacesuit zombies in space. And Bill doesn't die. <laughs> psych! <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a psych that... She didn't die? She died. Oh. <laughs> Did anybody for a moment? No. Okay, not at all. I think so. Uh, so this was story number 269, originally airing May 13th, 2017. So in the US, that had been Mother's Day. Wait, really? Yeah. Wait, was it a Sunday? I don't know. All of a sudden, I don't, I don't know. know. This show came on on Saturdays. Now it comes on on Sundays, but it, it, was, it was on Saturdays. So it was Mother's Day weekend, and it aired to 5.27 million viewers. Once again, uh, several million more than listened to our podcast. So we're, we're just going to leave it at that, okay? <laughs> uh, this was written by Jamie Matheson, who wrote Mummy on the Orient Express, Flatline, and The Girl Who Died. Mm. He so also was the worst of all three of the... <laughs> <laughs> I think this is also his last <laughs> so far done. This was so bad, you're not coming Just, back. No. He, he didn't get a, a, an invitation back, yes. Mm. Um, he also wrote Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel, which is one that has popped back up on my radar as a possible timey-wimey. This is mm. one that uh, I don't even remember how I came across this once upon a time. It's a, it's a, uh, a UK movie. And I think we've – have we mentioned it before on the podcast? I know I've mentioned no. it to y'all. We talk Maybe. about it all the time. <laughs> okay, so it it stars uh, Chris O'Dowd as one of the three main characters. Um, Chris O'Dowd is the guy from the IT crowd. And so we were watching that show the other day, and that made me think yeah. of this movie. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll see where that's available, and maybe we'll throw that on the list for a possible time you I me. And then lo and behold... We did this here episode, <laughs> and I decided to click on Jamie Matheson's name, and boom, here you go. Shabloygan. Shabloygan. Uh, this was also directed by Charles Palmer, and we haven't seen him in a little while. Since uh, Series 3, he did, and by, so refresher, we're in Series 10 right mm. now. So Series 3, we're going all the way back to the episodes Smith and Jane, The Shakespeare Code, and human nature slash family of blood. And yes, I'm aware that the notes actually say Smith and Joan for some reason. <laughs> it should be Smith and Jones, Jones. not Smith and Jane. <laughs> and because not Smith and Joan. That would be, that would be, what was my brain doing there? Sarah Jane Smith, I, I think know. is what my brain was doing. And it was supposed to be Smith and Jones. Why was it doing that? I, because I saw a typo and I was like, that O should be an A. No, in fact, it shouldn't. <laughs> there should just be an S at the end. Anyways, uh, so he hasn't been around in a little while, but uh, he was this week. Okay. 
Hey guys, Noobs in the Hoobing is brought to you by Google Fi. Or you know what? Actually, let me let me let me say what I said a couple of weeks ago. Noobs in the Hoobing wants to be brought to you by Google Fi. <laughs> but but it kind of can't be uh until they pay us some money. So <laughs> So that's why we're talking about them because uh, you can head over for just $20 a month. You can get unlimited talk and text on your snazzy little smartphone. Uh, you can't, oh, by the way, it used to be all Android phones. Like that was it. And it was only like a handful of Android phones. Well, they opened it up to most Android phones and now iPhone. I say, and now it's been like 18 months ago uh, <laughs> that they opened it up to iPhones. So if you're an iPhone user, uh, sorry, but uh, you can also bring your, your phone over to Google Fi. $10 per gig of data and it charges you down to the megabyte. You only pay for what you use. You can add more lines for just $15 a month. So head over to noobsinthehoobian.com slash fi and that'll let them know that we sent you over there and it'll give you $20 off after your first month. So that brings us down to the checklist the name of the episode spoken in dialogue. All right, so this is one where I said at the beginning of the episode, we're going to change this week instead of was the name of the episode spoken in dialogue to we need a count. <laughs> and oh my, my count that I came up with was 12. Which? And I feel like I must have stopped counting like two thirds of the way through or something because I, I feel I like it had to have been said more times than, yeah. than a dozen. To so. be fair. Is not exactly hard to slip the word oxygen, oxygen into any conversation, <laughs> especially when it's so crucial to the plot. I'm not surprised I said it a bunch. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah it was kind of yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Oh, creature of the week. Um, it kind of wasn't the creature of the week was capitalism. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess if we had to say a creature of the week, it would have been the smart suits, right? Yeah, I guess. Sort or of, but... whatever alien. That blue alien. <coughs> I mean, he was like a alien. Some of my best friends creature. are bluish. Yeah, bluish. Racist. <laughs> that was that was so dumb. I just <laughs> that, that was, was so dumb. On. No, it wasn't. That was. Some of my best stupid. friends so are Smurfs. The wiki. <laughs> the wikia went down a a rabbit hole about this, and this is one of those times where I'm like, is this an overzealous fan, or is this legit? Because they tracked down that like. This was some sort of bizarre reference to a line that was said in a movie, or maybe it's more like a trope, where it bluish sounds like Jewish, and so it was supposed to be like a callback to a line that you would have heard like in the seventies or something. And they I, they mm. they had like a specific line from a specific movie that I was like, I think they might be reading too much into this. <laughs> but no way. but the idea of some of my best friends are bluish instead of Jewish. Okay, that rings true. That that or it rings maybe truish. Ah. I'm sorry, I'll say myself on that. Punch you in the face. <laughs> Dang. Uh, so uh, that was that was an interesting little moment there where so far we have seen Bill um, addressing issues of race, uh, you know, a couple of different times, particularly in Thin Ice. And then it kind of got like flipped around on her. And the guy was like, oh, great. They sent a racist. And she's like, oh, wh what? <laughs> like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, so Jiggery Pokery, the TARDIS. Uh, so apparently the fluid link doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Um, you don't yes. need it. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't want to steal too much of Jared's thunder. I haven't uh, previewed his notes. Um, I'm sure he's going to have to talk about this. But I just had the the one lingering question. And <clears throat> so let's remember to maybe 
circle back around to this after Jared's segment, was one lying the whole time? Like, he almost died to get that thing back. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's the thing is, <clears throat> it was like, he had the fake out moment where he he pretended that it was that it was broken or whatever. But then later on, it was like, oh, lost. no, we lost it. It wasn't ever broken, but we do actually need it to run the TARDIS. So it was an interesting callback. I do want to hear Jared's take on it, and then we can we can sort of discuss it a little bit more after that. I feel like that's them not <clears throat> interpreting that scene right, but how hilarious would it be if the entire time he was faking it and yeah. there was not even an important piece of the TARDIS? I was getting ready to say that would make the Doctor a psychopath, but maybe he it would make the Doctor is. more of a psychopath than we even realized. So, <laughs> At any rate, uh, the Sonic got broke to did. Broke to it did. just got broke. Oh, yeah. Got, like burnt, melted, snapped in half. Wait, what <laughs> happened to it again? Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, I can't remember what actually... A suit grabbed it, I think. He was pointing and it at like a suit. Grabbed it and, and snapped it? No, grabbed it and like electrocuted it. With their yeah, there was something stuff. weird there. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, that's the thing is it was like, it was like melted, but also sort of like broken. So, <laughs> like bent. Um, and you're like, yeah, it was, it was severely jacked up. So, and then we uh, also had the Sonic, uh, the Sonic paper, the psychic paper, uh, said they're from the union, whatever, whatever that is. We didn't yeah, really dive too union. much into what the union is, but there, there were a few questions about yeah this just sort of like vague world building you know like it's the future and there's the union and apparently they're hyper capitalists and and then there's the bluish wouldn't wouldn't the union uh, like like a workers union would not let this happen right surely oh you know i i wasn't interpreting it as in workers union i was thinking more like the united planetary systems or something like that. Like I was picturing they're from the union as meaning they're government agents. Yeah. Not, that's that's how the that other people from the workers union. Cause they, yeah. they, they weren't like, Oh yeah. Here to crack down on these stupid and strict regulations. They'd be like, Oh no, not one of the union officials. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way I interpreted that. Like, mm. yeah. Like the United Federation of planets oh, type knows. of thing. Yeah. Anyways, um, not much left on the checklist um, this, it, this needless week. sacrificial death that wasn't even actually a death. Or sacrificial. Or sacrificial. So, you <laughs> Just know, more accidental. Needless death. <laughs> needless sort of death. A needless fake-out death. That was... No one thought that was her actually dying. The doctor just left. He's like, oh, well, uh, trust me, and then left. It, no. Yeah. <laughs> no one thought... <laughs> No one thought she was actually going to die there. Right. That was dumb. Why did they do that? Was, mm. Yeah, I, f- I felt like it was a, l- a bit of artificial tension uh, to to have her. If it was the last episode. Like she didn't even, she didn't even look as dead yeah. as the other one, the other people. What, what even I, happened to her? Yeah, that's the thing is like he said he noticed that her battery didn't have enough for a, a a full charge or a full dose. Well, yeah, because the suit was powering down because it was low power mode. So yeah, but what does that him, mean? Uh, it only had enough juice to zap her make unconscious. her catatonic. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, because like her eyes were still open, but yeah. she her head was flopped over like yeah. she was dead, or at least completely not in control of her body. So it was kind of weird. How is this working, anyways? Because all the other suits got sent an instruction, and they deactivated their own things. Then they're walking around, and when they touch you, 
They aren't deactivating you. Somehow them touching you is sending a signal to your suit. Right. To deactivate you. Yeah. Well, because if we're going to do zombies again, mm-hmm. then... They have to touch you. Yeah, that's, that's how zombies how work. it works, though. Normally, it's like they have to bite you or something. But suits yeah. can't bite you. <laughs> they could. <laughs> <laughs> it would have if they want. It would not be pleasant for anyone involved. Uh, so how about other stuff we noticed? Uh, how about that uh, opening space, the final frontier? Oh, I hated that final because it wants to kill no. us. <laughs> that was that was funny after the first part. Did they get sued was... for that? Like, that's how? not coined or anything. Um. Well, I feel like there is no way that Star Trek does not own the rights to those sequence of words. There, there's definitely a case to be made there, but it's. You even said it the same. Like, I mean, I think it's, I don't know. I mean, if 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 Picard made a Doctor Who reference, I don't think the BBC would, you know. Maybe not. Get rankled. Maybe they wouldn't get all angry, but like, I still thought that was dumb and annoying because, you know, it's dumb and annoying. Because it's overly cliched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you put in your farce. Sci-fi movie, not in your serious at, at Doctor point, Who episode. Yeah, by by 2017, we that that's yeah. already a played out trope. But I, I thought it was weird because you know, final because it wants to kill us. I thought that was an interesting <laughs> uh, twist on things. Uh, Bill says, "What happens if I throw up in my helmet?" To which Nardole says, "Colors and smells." Colors and smells. Here's what some of those smells are. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I loved okay here's here's your reminder if you needed reminding that both the 12th doctor and Peter Capaldi himself are 70s punk he says like every worker everywhere we're fighting the suits he is so punk I love I love when he just he gets to bring that out it's so funny because we've talked about him as like the crotchety cranky old man but he's really and he, not. Well, no, I mean, he is, but he's also legitimately punk rock. <laughs> like, earned his stripes, legit punk rock, grew up in the era. Grew up in the area, can shred the guitar like someone from that from that uh, that scene. But we're seeing him as a grumpy old man. Mm-hmm. And that's such a weird yeah juxtaposition you know it's like when you see like you know the rolling stones and they're all like a hundred now <laughs> and it's like all right uh rock on you counterculture rebels you like you're all great grandfathers yeah. <laughs> but yeah there's a great clip somewhere uh who is it it's uh axel rose uh guns is it guns and roses I don't uh, oh know. gosh um all oh don't let jason hear that um I, I, I believe it was Axl Rose. There's this video of him, like they they had some kind of like reunion tour and he came, you know, they're doing like an opening guitar riff live, you know, at a big live concert. And he comes running in from the wings, right? So he's off stage on the wings, comes running to center stage where the microphone is. And when he gets there, he is like so winded, he can't start singing the song because <laughs> he's like, he's like 70 when he did this tour or something like that. <laughs> It's, he's a they little gave, bit, they gave little him tad overweight. Minutes. He probably wasn't seventy. He was probably like fifty-five, but he was like overweight. And they gave him a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like they had to keep like repeating the opening riff until he could catch his breath. Like, Welcome to the jungle, <laughs> 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 Welcome to the jungle, baby. 
I'm going to die. <laughs> Anyways, how do you buy oxygen? What? I didn't write this. Who wrote this? Yeah, I wrote this. Oh, okay. This is just one of those things that they didn't mean, ever, How do you buy oxygen? They didn't ever really bother to explain how the people got the oxygen. Like, where do you buy it from? What it's, do you buy it uh, with? It's in canisters. Why didn't anyone buy it during this entire episode? They because did. I feel like that'd be very useful. They already had it. Not enough, though. That was the problem. They're like, we have like a couple thousand breaths or whatever. That's not enough. But they didn't explain, like, they didn't even try to give any reason why they couldn't buy more at the present moment. They didn't do anything like that. So is is your problem the concept of buying oxygen or the fact that they didn't do it during the episode? Both of those things. Okay. Because let me explain something. Explain. Because you grew up in a post-Aquafina world, post-Dasani world. Your entire life, bottled water is a given. <laughs> I want you to know that happened in my lifetime. Somebody somewhere convinced us to buy water in bottles. <laughs> Instead was, of in your pipes. There are so many uh, uh, you know, parody skits out there making fun of this concept that, um, that we just kind of take for granted. So the, the jump from people buying water, uh, first of all, we buy water anyway. Tap water yeah. that comes into the house is not actually free. We do pay for that. Uh -huh. But secondly, we buy water in plastic bottles because we don't want to drink the water out of our tap or whatever. And so the idea that the jump from that to buying canisters of air, especially when you're in space is yeah. like, I'll be honest. I don't think it's going to take us 500 years or however, <laughs> however long, however far in the future um, this was. I actually started watching a, uh, a time travel movie the other day that was suggested to me on Netflix. And in, in that, in that, post-apocalyptic world not post-apocalyptic but just slightly dystopian it's it's this you have to buy oxygen but they're on earth it's just that the world is so, <laughs> so bad polluted. off that you have if you don't buy like if you're not breathing hair. oxygen with a mask when you're outside you're not going to make it don't they do that in the lorax or something they have to buy air yeah oh here oh do they really i haven't actually seen the movie oh or the book when i was a kid but i, I, I don't the book really has nothing to do either, with the movie. I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> Obviously not. That's how we roll nowadays. Uh, so who's who? Who is Nardole? Is it Nardole or Nardole? It depends on who you're asking. The doctor, I've, I've, I noticed that the doctor actually says Nardole. I thought it was Nardole. Say, say both again. Nardole? Nardole. 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 Mm. Listen, listen. Nardole, in the next Nardole. episode, listen to the doctor. He says Nardole. He's, he stresses the second syllable yeah. for whatever he's reason. Scottish or... <laughs> is Scottish. That, is that what it is? It's my best Scottish accent. Uh, so yes, the doctor tried to ditch Nardole by sending him to Birmingham to get a packet of crisps. Now this is a throwaway line. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember this. It's at the very beginning. Nardole like walks in and says something about like he's kind of, he's basically like going somewhere, doctor. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I sent you to Birmingham to get a packet of crisps. And he says, Yes, and I saw through your cunning ruse. <laughs> so, okay, so uh -oh. Bristol. They, okay, so I had to do a little bit of digging here. The school that he's teaching at is in Bristol. Bristol to Birmingham is one and a half hours by car. 
<laughs> okay. So he sent him to go lock to that. Disappear for three hours. This would be like me sending one of y'all out past Fort Worth <laughs> to buy a bag of chips. <laughs> By the way, packet of crisps translates to bag of chips in American. In Fun fact: in my in my in my digging up this, uh, Bristol, Tennessee. To Birmingham, Alabama is five and a half hours. And I know that because I Googled Bristol to Birmingham, and that was the first thing that came up. That's what showed up first. Well, I mean, considering I'm in Dallas, if I'm if I'm searching directions for Bristol to Birmingham, Google was correct in assuming that I probably wasn't talking about the UK. The UK. Yeah. yeah. I actually was. So at any rate, Bristol, Tennessee to Birmingham, Alabama. Five and a half hours, which is just serves as a reminder to you guys how small the UK actually is. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Nardole had his face swapped while on the run. And this we're not talking about a, a, an Instagram filter here. Uh, he actually had his face swapped out. He said he hasn't Jeez. seen his original face in years. He had it swapped out what? on the run. And I'm what like, happened? what were you running for him? Like, what was this story all about? Um, there's so much about Nardole that I like. I desperately want, you know, to read that. He's that. way too much of mm-hmm. a background character. I hate it. Uh, you wish there was more of him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's yeah. amazing. Well, I, you know, I hope it's not too much of a spoiler to tell you he's around. You know, for the season. Like, yeah, we're, we're gonna see more and more of him. So, um, th- by the way, the Wikia pointed out that this is the first time that he's actually gone along on the adventure. So we've we've seen bits and pieces of him, but he is actually he was full blown companion mode. In this episode, we've talked before about how he's been the doctor's companion longer than Bill, because presumably he's been the doctor's been teaching at that university for either mm. 50 or 70 years. <laughs> yeah. And Nardole has been there for some good chunk of that, it seems to me. I'm, I'm just assuming he's been there the whole time. Yeah. And I, I don't know if we ever get a clear delineation on like he's been there the whole time, but that's that's the feel that I've got for it. And um, because he actually went along on the adventure this time. I love his bit about space doors are supposed to go. Shuk, shuk. Yeah. <laughs> the doctor's like, oh, you know, I, I like these doors. They don't, they don't go. Shuk, shuk. He's like, they're supposed to go. Shuk, shuk. Which is just a quick reminder. Nardole is not human. Oh, yeah. Not human. I originally started to write. He's not from Earth. And then I realized, no, he actually at one point said, oh, doctor, human alert. Shall I repel them? You know, like he's not human. So, and and maybe part robot. Maybe remember we we kind of haven't touched on that in like a while. the nail remember that the first fell episode? out. Of yeah, him. like a bolt fell off of him, <laughs> and he was squeaking as he walked, which we've never had again. But also, somehow <laughs> his head got reattached to whatever this body is. Yeah. So so who knows what that's all? What happened? So that's not his original face. And that head was removed from whatever body it was on and has been reattached to whatever body it's on currently. So, interesting. The uh, the, the Facebook group that I'm in has posted, I want to say, a half a dozen screenshots of, hey, look, guys, I was watching this, and here's Matt Lucas. <laughs> just, like, over and over again, to the point where somebody said, so what, are we just posting, like, uh, random screenshots of everything else that every every Doctor Who actor has ever been in. And somebody was like, yeah, tap the phone of the group. What's your problem? <laughs> Remember, this is the Doctor Who group where we actually like the Doctor Who show or the, the, the show. So they say. So they say. Um, he knew the AI before. 
Yeah, what? The AI was named Velma when he knew her. <laughs> it was not like and he knew what? A, a pop star that voiced the AI or something. Yeah, like, and I, I kept waiting for that to pay off. No. But no, that was just Nardole being Nardole. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> okay, so, oh, you know what? This this should have gone um, in Adventures in Closed Captioning. There's the bit at the end where Bill is hugging the doctor and Nardole just sort of like gloms onto the back of the doctor and he says, cuddle. But the for whatever reason, the closed captioning said, glad though. What? Like, glad, comma, though. Like, I'm glad huh. though. Like, Great job. What? Caption. But it, you know, that, what? that accent of his, cuddle, sounded like glad though. Are these things <laughs> auto-generated or why? Sometimes I wonder. I, no, because remember we there was the one where like it like thought it was like a cuss word of some kind. I don't even remember yeah. what it was. And we saw that that was on like the region one DVDs oh, yeah. or whatever. Oh, so like yeah. you only would see that in the US. You wouldn't see it on a UK <laughs> version of the DVD. Um, Someone did a bad job of doing the cat. Yeah, which I mean, that tells me that somebody did it for the DVDs. So somebody theoretically employed by the BBC, at least for that task, uh, is just really terrible at their job. (laughs) It's one thing when you're watching the news live and and someone is is, you know, typing it out on the fly live as it's happening. And you're going to get mistakes there. People are going to miskey or mishear something, and that's fine. But this is like this was done on a DVD. This is on Amazon, you know. So, anyways, uh, so who is Bill? Uh, she wanted to know if there's a Yelp for space. That was I thought that was so wait, great. It's like I want to know: Does this solar system have four stars or five? Oh wait, <laughs> I guess it would really only have one star, right? The Oh, the solar, solar system? system. I thought you said galaxy. I was like, I said solar system. Mm, a bit more than one star in a galaxy. As, yeah. I, as I was saying it, I was like, "There's a pun coming." Um, and oh, and then we already mentioned uh, she's she's racist against blues, bluish, Blu- bluish Blu- people of the bl- bluish, pers- bluish hue. Some of my best friends are bluish. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, who is the doctor? He is back teaching at uni. Did y'all? I thought that was interesting. He had that whole long excursus on what happens to the body when exposed to the vacuum of space? And then somebody raises their hand and is like, what does this have to do with crop rotation? I know, yeah. And all I can think is, every time we've seen him, he's talking about space or time. And apparently one time that we didn't get to see, he was talking about poetry because he was supposed to be, what was it? He was supposed to be teaching quantum physics and he was teaching poetry and he's like, they're the same because of the rhymes or whatever. Um, Apparently he was slated to teach about uh, crop rotation. Easy for me to say. How, how how good of a teacher is he that he can make crop rotation an interesting subject to sit in on? Yeah, that would fill that that lecture hall. Like it was, it was pretty packed. That's a lot yeah. of people. A distress call is his theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a uh, if you had to pick a theme song for your life, what would it be? <laughs> uh, the universe shows its true self when it asks for help. And we show ours when we respond. Holy mm, David Tennant, man. Batman. That was a Dr. Rant of the Week right there. We haven't had one in a while. Uh, do people ever hit you? Only when I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, can the suits learn and grow? Can they get tired of uh, carrying around pesky humans? I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> Is he just going to dump us one day? Kill all of them? Uh, apparently. Yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. uh, deactivate the central nervous system and uh, oh, eliminate the organic component. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Are you out of your mind? Yes, but that's not a new thing. That's <laughs> uh, he says, of course it's Bill. You know, he's blind. And so Nardole has, has to tell him, uh, doctor, it's Bill. He says, of course it's Bill. Fate and me, we have a thing. Which I thought, that, I thought that was a great way of acknowledging, you know, overly convenient plot devices and things like that. Um, he said, the universe is your crustacean. I Googled that to see, is that a thing? It is not a thing. It sounds like the world is your oyster, but I don't no. think an oyster is a crustacean, right? Uh, Isn't a crustacean know. like a crab? No, no, or I a have lobster? No. Are you Googling, is an oyster a crustacean? No, I'm just Googling what is a crustacean. What, what is a crustacean? This makes for great radio. Yeah, it does. An, an arthropod of the large, mainly aquatic group crustacean. Thanks, Google. Such as lobster. <laughs> Crab, lobster, shrimp, or yeah, barnacle? A- Barnacles are crustaceans? <laughs> Apparently. Uh, yeah, because I think a barnacle is kind of like a hermit crab. Crustacean is an adjective? What? Uh, huh? That makes sense, I guess. Anyways, <laughs> um, the world is your oyster or the universe is your crustacean. And, he, and he, for some reason, like, got all fancy and rolled his R. Crustacean. crustacean. Uh, Corbin, what do you got here? Oh, he was blind at the end of the episode. Uh-huh. Why? Hmm? Why not? Don't it was blind at the end of the episode? What? Yeah, remember the reveal, I'm still blind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nardole fixed his eyes and he pretended like, oh, we're back in the TARDIS. When did that happen? Which was a weird thing because you could hear the TARDIS all around him. <laughs> like, if anyone knows when they're in the TARDIS, it's the doctor. So obviously he said that just to play up the fact of like, oh, I can see when he couldn't. So what's your problem with it, though? I did. Uh, Okay. I don't, I just, first of all, the reveal was kind of dumb. It's like, oh, I'm still blind. Oh, It was a, a little melodramatic. That yeah. was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't but make any sense. I just, I don't know. They're going to have some, I feel it coming already. They're going to have some stupid cure for his blindness. He's going to suddenly not be blind anymore and it's going to be dumb. What and if he's just blind until he regenerates? That'd be stupid. Because that might not make for very entertaining content. Him just walking around like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and his companion like, why not? I thought you could see. And it's, I don't know. Mm. What? <laughs> what is your point? I can't remember how long he stays blind. I, I cannot for the life of me. I remember. hope it isn't long. But I also. Did, I will say this. I didn't remember him going blind. <laughs> so is that a random? Does that, that doesn't mean a lot right now for me. Does that happen? What? Like when you go in the void of space, if you somehow manage to live he said through all that other blood vessels I, I, I genuinely don't think we have ever exposed a human body to the vacuum of space. So we don't even I, really I'm not. I'm not positive. I don't think I we don't just think it's chopped out happened. a guy and then started Yeah, like I don't think it. there's ever, I don't think we have ever lost a body to space and certainly never lost a body to space that we recovered. I, if we yeah. have, I am not aware of it. <clears throat> and and at this point in human history, the number of people who have been in space is so limited. What do you got? Have there you are only three humans who have died due to exposure to the vacuum. Really? I'm surprised there's that many. On the Soyuz 11, which okay. blew up or something. 
and it seems like we, we don't even really know what happened to them. So, oh, <laughs> it's a single paragraph on an entire Wikipedia page about what happens to you when you go out. Yeah, see, that's space. the thing is is every, it's all hypothetical, right? Every TV and movie presents this in its own horrifying way of either like your blood boils, your eyes pop, your lungs explode. But it could totally um, just be you freeze to death <laughs> and nothing else happens. I, yeah, I mean, I will, I will say that you know people die almost instantaneously in space in TV and movies. And that's just, I no. don't think it would be that quick, but I, but, but, but what do I know? Because I don't know because I don't think, no I, like I, said, really I don't think we've ever, okay. So you're saying the Soyuz blew up and that cosmonaut ended up in the vacuum of space, but presumably we didn't get his body back. So we don't know what condition the body was in. Yeah. Is that what we're saying? But there have been three people that have have been exposed to the space? That's all surprising. part of the same ship. Oh, oh. Uh, it looks yeah. like it just depressurized and then it crashed and I don't know. You see, it's just one paragraph and mm. there's not a lot of information Anywho, there. I, I do think it's interesting that it's one of those things that um, always gets presented in sci-fi as fact. Mm, as as yeah. though we have the experiments that we've done, or we've just not experiments, people but we've had we've space. had experience with it, yeah. and we haven't, to my you know, to my knowledge. So at any rate, uh, guys, noobs in the Hoobian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do, like they do, here's what you can do: be do be do be do. Because Trip was waiting for it that time. <laughs> Head over to noobsinthehoobian.com/support and just click on something. Click whatever it is. Just click on it. Do what it says. And uh, support your favorite podcast. And if you can't do that, support ours. Ha! Anyways. Uh, so can we talk about the doctor's secret plan? Why couldn't he share his plan with them? This really bothered me. He said because the suits might overhear it <laughs> or whatever. Okay. So? I So then the they're going to kill It doesn't okay. change the plan, first of all. It, it does not impact the, the plan or its execution one bit. The, the the part where he starts telling them all we have left is to die well. The the whole bit where he's tying their life signs into the station, yeah. which, kept up by the, the act, way, like a that's after brilliant. That. And I, I thought it was interesting. Why did he present it to the crew as if we die, we take the space station down with us in a blaze of glory, take that capitalism, why do that when his ultimate plan was this is the ultimate life insurance plan? They can't kill us without blowing up the station and they would never do that. He presents it to the crew as though, hey guys, you're about to die, but don't worry. We'll get our revenge. He even says revenge that shines like the sun or whatever. Yeah. Why present it that way to the crew if as soon as he opens up the door and lets the suits in, oh, he yeah. reveals it to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not do it and explain the it's amazing plan to the, the crew? And then, oh, exactly, exactly. And that's what I don't like about it. It's it's in that category it that we keep cool coming back thing. to, lazy writing. It was It was artificially drummed up suspense and drama for the sake of the audience that makes no sense in universe. Yeah. yeah. And that bugs me. I mean, it like, was cool. It was a good idea. It was a neat but idea. It was a in, neat twist. If they fit it in so that it actually made sense. 
the thing is, as soon as he did it, as soon as he tied the life signs to the thing, there's there no reason to keep lying. Yeah, there's no reason yeah. to keep it up. I, I would go one step further. As soon as he began tying their life signs in. Yeah, it took him like three seconds to do it. Like, Yeah, and the suits were locked outside. So who cares if they knew ahead of time? It, it, it Like, all he yeah. did was worry the crew to pieces and make them think they're about to die. And then convince them that it's the good idea. <laughs> convince them it's a glorious yeah, and, death. Yeah, and make them buy into it. And they're like, yeah, let's get them. And then immediate, immediately turns nope. on it and goes, nope, just kidding. This was my secret plan all along. Yeah. I get why, okay, I get why he didn't reveal that Bill wasn't actually dead so that the suits didn't hear. I get that. Yeah. Because the suits may have done something else to Bill. They may have killed Bill. That's, okay, fine. That makes sense. But but, the but rest... that part does not play in, it still doesn't play into anything. He could have kept up that lie and still said, here's my plan. I don't get it. That it really bothers yeah. me. So. Well, guys, that brings us down to our classic Who connections. Let's hear what Jared has to say. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for Oxygen. Oxygen. Okay. Let's see. Let's get through it. Here we go. Uh, so we've got some good, good classic Who connections here. Uh, they, and then we'll get to maybe a, a bit of Jared has feelings uh, about this episode. So just, just to start you off on that high note there. Anyway, so the fifth doctor went out into the vacuum of space uh, without a helmet or anything and he was able to survive in the serial four to doomsday. Um, that's the one where Adric is deceived by the bad guy. Okay, that doesn't narrow it down really at all, if you know the Fifth Doctor, Classic Who, and Adric. Uh, but anyway, he's deceived by the bad guy and unknowingly betrays the Doctor and his fellow companions. Uh, there are. It's also the one where there are two androids named Persuasion and Enlightenment. No hint there as to what they're doing in the episode. And the Doctor uses a cricket ball to propel himself through space and into the TARDIS. It's a fun one uh, to see there. It, it, it's worth, if you want to see a, a good classic who, that's a good one uh, to go back and, and check out. Not not one of the best, but uh, good for its uh, bit of wackiness, maybe I'd say. All right, uh, the Doctor and the companions were almost sucked out into the vacuum of space, you know, so everyone just sucked out. Also happened a couple of times in New Who, uh, if I recall, but in Classic Who, the Daleks' master plan. Uh, there was that uh, near, near-death near escape uh, there. And we see that the sonic screwdriver is broken. You may think I'm a broken record for continuing to bring up the visitation with the fi- fifth doctor, the serial, the visitation with the fifth doctor, where the fifth doctor's sonic sit with me was broken because Jonathan Nathan Turner didn't think that uh, that, that he thought it was becoming too much of a crutch and uh, wanted to get rid of it. So... Uh, at least here, we're going to see more Sonic devices, of course, uh, come back. Although, I don't really know. that We're, we're into Doctor Who that I haven't seen before. Uh, and finally, my favorite one is we have a return of the Fluid Link. Uh, I really don't think that's been mentioned since the second serial, the Daleks, uh, of all of Who. The second serial there. Um, and I love I love that it's the same thing. The, the Fluid Link... Uh, was was broken in the in the Daleks. Uh, the doctor claimed it was broken and he needed to replace it. 
and then you kind of find out that it can fly without the fluid link anyway, uh, the TARDIS. And so whatever it does, uh, you know, it's not not keeping it from taking off. Uh, and here is the same thing. Somehow Nardole has been convinced that the fluid link is going to keep the TARDIS from going somewhere. So <laughs> the doctor just keeps reusing his same old tricks. Uh, so uh, I like that. All right. That took us about three minutes. So let's look and I'll keep it to a minute or two um, of Jared Head's feelings about this episode. Um, I had some questions that, that the uh, noobs and the Whovian have maybe already talked about, but uh, why do the suits, okay, they're, they're programmed to destroy their, uh, you know, organic organisms inside. So, great. Why do the suits then attack others you know they're programmed to destroy what's inside them and then they're going to also destroy the others outside of them I, I mean these aren't thinking suits you'd think my prime directive you know or my directive has been accomplished he's dead uh, anyway um and then where if this is just business as usual they're used to as the doctor implies just killing off because that's cheaper than sending out a new crew or rescuing the crew um rather uh then they just they're used to killing them where do the bodies go before the new crew arrives um anyway just a couple of questions uh, i just i had issues with this one because it just felt so some of the concepts were so tired They've just been so overdone. I mean, some of these things go back to Alien in, in the, the, the 70s or 80s, you know, early 80s, late 70s. Um, and, you know, and, and I know that's what TV and they do. They, they rehash and reuse and borrow and all that sort of stuff. And I get it. But it just it felt to me like like uh, one of those stories where it's like, oh, there's this creature on Earth that's just destroying everything. And the big reveal at the end is it's man. And it's like, OK, yeah, I get it. But there's so much more out there. And on the on the next time, I was so excited for this one. I think this is my biggest problem with it. I was so excited for the next for the for this one after the next time, because it's like it's going to be another Vashta Narada or it's going to be another weeping angel kind of thing. And it's going to creep me out and it's going to and it turns out it's the suits just acting on orders from head office. I don't know. It just seemed so I was. I was so let down and and, uh, didn't work out. And, you know, this whole, like, um, uh, 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 referendum on capitalism. And, and, you know, uh, I I understand capitalism has its flaws, has its challenges. But honestly, I see it more as a problem with where society has gone. And, uh, you know, that potential society that their morals are so off that killing someone is cheaper uh, than than bringing them back, you know. Yes, it's cheaper because you don't have to pay fuel necessarily. Although, where does that spaceship go that brought them out there in the first place? Uh, what is what do they do with that? They're losing the spaceship too. Anyway, um, it's cheaper in the long run. But you know, you're you've got to answer for killing people, and apparently in society that just doesn't exist anymore, or however that works. Anyway, so th- everything seemed just kind of trite and uh, not. You know, just sort of flat. And even even Bill dying, I knew she was going to come back. I, I had no fear. They didn't set it up well for me. No no worries about her actually being dead. And the doctor going blind. I, I was just kind of like, ah, well, he's blind. He'll he'll come up with some regeneration stuff or something. You know. Anyway, it just it all kind of fell flat for me. I've gone on longer. Uh, I just wanted to get some things out there as to why I uh, did am going to give this the rating that I did. 
three out of ten fluid links. Uh, mostly three because they said fluid links. No, not really. I thought the production value was fantastic. I thought that the uh, the world they created, the suits, the um, you, you know, even though we've seen some of those concepts before, but I just thought that they did the production value of this episode was really quality and well done. It was just it was the plot and the concepts and their arguments and things like that that didn't quite quite land with me. So there you have it. Three out of ten. And creep levels, uh, the the dead people in the suits were pretty creepy looking. So I'm giving it but that's about it. That's about all I I, I had there. So I'm giving it fifty out of a hundred out of five hundred creep levels for that. All right, and the Whovian, uh, as if this wasn't long enough already, the Whovian wants me to uh, give some, uh, 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 you know, theories um, uh, because I haven't. Uh, I'm I'm now a noob uh, watching these for the first time, um, so uh, I really I don't know. I mean, I, the first time I saw that there was a vault and there was something or someone inside, that my my immediate reaction is it's got to be the master or Missy now. Um, so that's, that's what I'm going to say. I think it's the master in there. Um, you know, it, it, it just seems, it just seems right. Uh, what else, what else could be in there? Um, obviously uh, a million things. And, you know, if Schrodinger was here saying it can be a million things that are d- dead and alive in the, at the same time. Uh, anyway, and then, um, you know, what, why is he guarding, you know, who does he promise to? I'm going to, the time Lords, uh, I think. Because they brought them back into the canon recently and where he can go visit them and see them and talk to them. And so I think they're going to keep that going. Uh, so that's my theory right now. Um, obviously, we're not going to see much about this. They're, they really aren't going to give us a lot of information about it uh, until uh, much later in the in the season. But uh, we'll, we'll see, see how that goes. All right. Well, thank you to the TARDIS Wikia uh, for some help with the Classic Who connections. And thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who connections next time. Yeah, so Jared and I actually, uh, sometimes throughout the week, we'll sort of like chat back and forth. And he asked me, what what did I think of this one? And I was like, oh, what? You mean um, uh, under the, oh, crap. What was the name of it? Under the. After the flood, before the flood. What was it? Before the flood? I think so. It was a two-parter. And the second episode was called Before the Flood. And I can't remember the other one. Because it was like the same like base under siege type of, of episode featuring zombies or ghosts and the other one. Yeah. Like zombie, like cre- dead, yeah. undead, whatever, um, with a similar outcome, just like meh, whatever. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was, this wasn't, uh, my favorite one either. Um, Jared, you know, um, he did talk about the fluid link a little bit, but, uh, he, he missed the point that we were bringing up that, uh, the, the first doctor, he, he psyched him out about the fluid link being broken, but then also entirely unneeded. Well, he definitely acted in that episode. Like now that we don't have it, it it wasn't actually broken, but now that we don't have it, we can't leave. And in this episode, Nardole was like, I stole the fluid link so he can't leave. He didn't replace it. Right. No, he, he just was said, still holding no, it, and the doctor's like, "Haha, you fell for that one!" Shunk and pulls the lever. So and it's so I'm still like, a needed wait, thing, what? but like, what does it? No, do? no, no. That's the thing. It, no, it's it, not needed to it take wasn't off. Needed. 
But oh, okay. it is something that is probably yeah, needed. Yeah, but the first doctor acted like you couldn't travel without it. Yeah. Yeah. So So what exactly does it do? <laughs> I don't know. Links fluids, apparently. It it links apparently. it links fluids. I like that in yes. your definition it is not a link made of fluid, but it, it links, links to fluids. fluids. Yeah. <laughs> it links fluids. I like it. Um so Jared gave it uh three out of ten fluid links. Trip, what do you think? Um, I think I'm gonna go a little bit higher. I don't mean okay. this it wasn't terrible per se but but it was just boring and like I don't know um start to finish like nothing I say this every time and you always say no but nothing happened I gotta disagree this isn't one where nothing happened but it nothing of an impact happened. That's more like it. Just, it just I don't know, of, two people died or something. There was a whole lot of the running around <laughs> and not doing anything. doing anything. I know, right? Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. So we, we have limited breaths. I'm going to go six out of ten. They killed Bluey. No, Bluey. Bluey. <laughs> Bluey. <laughs> what was that, guys? Oh, uh, that. okay, now that was a great bit where mm-hmm. uh, she goes, I'm sorry, did they say your name is Darren? And he said, Dachren. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, great. They brought a racist. Dachren. Dachren. Uh, Corbin, what about you? I am baffled by how they just <laughs> didn't care about the loss of life in this episode. Yeah, like what? Yeah. We started out, it's yeah. like 36 people have died. And you're like, holy crap. <laughs> and then they don't really ever touch on that because, oh, they're zombies now. Yeah. But then it's like two more people die throughout the course of the episode. They just get knocked off and no one really cares. There's no mourning. Like these are your crewmates. They've been your crewmates for a while. Yeah. But they get killed and everyone. Yeah. It's weird that there were, there were like dozens of people there that all presumably died before we got there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we just dealt with, you know, the handful because that's what the budget could afford. (laughs) (laughs) There's only four, six, no, how many seven people to care about in this episode? <laughs> Who cares, really? <laughs> <laughs> the Doctor Bill and Nardole—they don't really count. Like, there's four side characters that we could have learned about and gotten to know, and we didn't. Yeah. And then half of them died, and it yeah. doesn't matter because we don't know these characters, and no one even. Yeah, we is, didn't even have like the moments of like getting their backstory and how they ended up on this. No, it was just running from zombies. The this whole guy's time. blue. I even, His personality—he's blue. Now he's. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Personality is that he's dead. His character trait is bluishness. <laughs> and that he doesn't can like I, race. Can I, can I say that? Is that all right? <laughs> um, yeah, so did you give your score? Uh, five out of ten utilitarian capitalist zombies. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because it makes for a nice pattern on, on the screen because we go Jared Austin Corbin trip, I'm going to give it four out of ten zombies tumbling pointlessly through space because this the opening bit, space, the final frontier, it's final because it wants to kill you, where there were two zombies tumbling through open space. <laughs> Did you notice which direction? Towards the towards the base (laughs) from one of the outer rings of the base. What does that mean? 
They were tumbling <laughs> towards the base. So, and I, I can't remember. Was the base in orbit? Or something over must something? Have launched them towards it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some something had a zombie cannon and was firing zombies. And, and and like the opening bit was two people walking around on the outside of the space station. Yeah. Which you guys immediately were like, oh, they're dead. One of them is dead. dead. Meanwhile, and, somersaulting zombie. <laughs> yeah, somersaulting zombies who managed to hit their target and take that poor woman out. And we don't even get to see how. We just we literally get the zombie trope of undead things grab a living person, camera pans away, camera comes back, now she's undead. And, and we don't know has fully what that has been dead means. for four weeks. She was like rotting. Oh, yeah, she was like stuff. decomposing, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I did not understand the the zombies tumbling towards the space station. <laughs> that was really weird. I kind of, I was like, wait a minute. I it was kinda, like it was like the worst game of part. Angry Birds was happening. What happened? Where somebody was slingshotting zombies they, at the space station. Did they somehow come disattached from the ship? Then slingshot like, around the planet right that's what launch okay. themselves at it and start doing that's what flips. i'm saying is were they in orbit over a planet i don't think so no i didn't it think was so just either a- so like at best they got flung off of the station literally did an orbit and caught back up to the space station except our- that they didn't appear to be in orbit over anything <laughs> they're just tumbling <laughs> they, towards they came at it <laughs> Perpendicular. I don't like pointed directly at it. (laughs) Like someone deliberately hucked two zombies at him. I can't remember what it was, but there was there was some movie that I was watching one time where there was there was the spacewalk of doom trope happening where the person had to like, you know, kind of kind of jump for it and, and grab the ladder, but in open space, that whole thing. And they did it really well where it wasn't like, and then they grabbed onto the ladder. There was a moment of like, they were floating helplessly and there's nothing to kick off of and nothing to, to, you know, to grab. And so you just have to hope that you have enough forward momentum and you're aimed right enough that you can grab that, that Mm -hmm. ladder. Yeah. And it made me realize how precarious that is like in space, like all it takes is for you to, to get bumped and you're gone. You are just gone Before into open space. Ever. Yeah. And there's a couple of movies that have addressed this. Um, I think uh, gravity was one where like somebody got flung off of a space station away from the planet into open space with, I don't know, a couple of hours of oxygen in their suit. So they just have to like, tumble through space for a few hours until they suffocate to death. And Mm. there is no way of reaching that person. And I thought, Oh my gosh, that is so terrible. And this episode said, no, you can totally tumble aimlessly through space as a dead person (laughs) and hit the bullseye. (laughs) Like they landed next to them. They landed. Okay. First of all, they landed, they landed (laughs) feet first. They were tumbling end over end, not even in sync. The exact trajectory. And both landed feet first, mag boot feet first onto the outer thing of that station. This episode was terrible. Okay. Four out of 10 zombies tumbling pointlessly through space. However, the creep level, Jared gave it 50. I think you're jaded, Jared. I'm giving it 250 out of 500 because zombies are creepy. I don't care if they were 
stupid space suit, smart suit zombies. They were still zombies, and I hate zombies. So 250 out of 50. Okay. I just realized they did the arms out trope. What's the arms out trope? The zombies walking with their arms out. They oh, did yeah. that but because they had space. to grab on. Because, yeah, because, yeah, exactly. They had to grab on to you. So yeah. they had exactly. to have the most reach. Exactly. I did yes. think it was amazing that, like, the head tilt really disturbed me throughout this episode. Yeah. Like, those poor actors had to spend, what, a week? Hours in makeup? Filming this thing. Not only like hours this. in makeup, but hours in makeup to spend the whole day putting a crick in their neck. Yeah. Just like tilting their head that way for, for hours on end for probably the better part of a week. So, all right, 250 out of 500 uh, trip. What do you think? I'm going to go a little lower because, like, I don't know. You always do. Zombies are. <laughs> what? Zombies are scary, but, like, these, these ones <laughs> weren't zombies. They yeah. were just suits. Yeah. You take out the zombies and they're just as much of a threat. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. No, let me Let me ask you this, though. When we came across the the suit moving the boxes, and then he ripped the helmet off to dis- to expose that it was an empty suit, wasn't that way less creepy and scary than the suits with a dead person in them? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Also, it was super yeah, weird with that one suit just standing there. It was with weird. like was the magnets. There wasn't a body in the suit that was doing work. Yeah, why did that one not? I, I don't. I why think does that anyone was, do work if I, these suits can just? Do I think it that themselves. was just to demonstrate. What the suits are capable of. Yeah. They don't even need a body in them. They just can stand up and on their own. Why do they have bodies? Burr burr burr. At all. Yeah. Anyways, why? What's your creep what's your creep back? Uh, creep 50. Level? 50? Okay. Uh, so that brings us down to our theories. Jared gave us his take. He said uh that it is uh the master slash Missy in the vault, and that he made that the doctor made the vow to the Time Lords. Uh who wrote Gallifreyan Time Lords? Is that what he said? Uh, that's what he put in the notes. Oh, he put that. Oh, oh, good for you, Jared. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for Jared. The notes. Yeah, he, yeah. So this this week he he had a hard time uploading the uh, his segment, and I was like, you know, you can always just put it in the shared Google Drive folder that we have. And he's like, holy crap, that was so much easier. We should do this all the time. And I was like, I think when I like first invited you on the show, I gave you access to that and mm-hmm. said you could just put your stuff in there, and you just kind of never did. So I stopped asking you to do it. And he's like, oh, wow. I should have been doing that the whole time. <laughs> so. So thanks, Jared, for adding your notes right on into the uh, show notes there. But that does mean, Trip, you've got to be on the ball now. You've got to get your notes in ahead of time. Okay. Yeah. Call him out on the show, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> now he has to do it. All right. So uh, what do you guys think? Did, I mean, is there anything? Did we even see the vault? Talk about the vault? Do anything with the vault? Uh, no, not really. But No. So do y'all we, care didn't even, to, we didn't even see it this episode. I didn't think so. Yeah. Do y'all yeah. want to? Is there anything else for y'all to discuss? Jared gave his two cents because he hadn't chimed in yet. Do y'all have anything to add? I mean, no, not really. Okay. All right, moving right along. That brings us to the game plan next week. We're covering uh, episode, this says five, but I believe it's episode six. Um, Extremist. Now, okay, here's the thing. The Wikia lists Extremist as part one of a three-parter. Whoa, okay. Uh, it calls three parter mid season. It calls extremists, the pyramid at the end of the world and the lie of the land, a three parter. And in the description for oxygen, it says that oxygen is the unofficial beginning of a four part series. And I'm like, what? 
this doesn't feel like it could possibly be connected to any like other. Like that one two-parter so that here's the thing. nothing to do with the other it part. Ca- it calls it part one, but also calls it story 270, not 270A. And normally when you have a two-parter, one episode is called story 150A and 150B. And this one is listed as 270, not 270A. So I'm going to call an audible and just say we're going to cover them separately. So Unless otherwise. It, unless otherwise compelled, yes. Yeah. Um, so we'll do Extremists next week and then The Pyramid at the End of the World and then The Lie of the Land. And actually, uh, I, think I, I think I read that wrong. Extremists is story number 269, not 270. Pyramid at the End of the World is 270. Lie of the Land is 271. And then we jump back into the master plan for The Deadly Assassin. And then we dive headlong into uh, the end of the season slash a Christmas special slash it's also a regeneration episode. Spoiler <laughs> alert. But again, you guys already knew that. So, okay, let me let me throw this out. Let me throw this out because I think I think I've done this with you guys one time before. Because again, we we've talked about it on the show, and y'all were already aware before I mentioned it to you that next season. Everything is new. I've told yeah. you. New theme song, new opening credits, new doctor, new showrunner, new, new companions, new TARDIS, new Sonic, new everything. Okay? Yeah. Only the psychic paper remains. <laughs> um, they even changed that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They, they changed they the, added a the blue color cover. from black to blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that means Bill is not in the next season. So, and again, I can't remember which companion, but I think I asked you guys this one time before. Does Bill survive the season? What do you guys no. think? What? She can't. That was fast. Dang. There's she no can't. way she can. I won't allow her. There, no, no. <laughs> she mustn't. <laughs> there's, there's no way that we can't, that we can wrap up her plot without her dying. What? She's too only five episodes. She's in. too perfect. What? <laughs> I don't she's know. She's too perfect. Yeah. Okay. Or she could just stop going to the college that the doctor works at or something and she she's yeah, she's too connected. How? I don't what? It seems like they go on a weekly excursion. They're definitely not working together in the TARDIS permanently, like has happened before with some companions who just then left. I don't think she's going to die. <laughs> okay, that's your... Just, okay, so Corbin, you say no, uh, or excuse me, does Bill survive the series? You say yes? I don't know, but I'm definitely not positive 100% that she is going to die and that she must die. You know what? I, sh- I should have rephrased this. Let me Let me rephrase the question, okay? Because if you say yes, then my follow-up question is, how does she leave? So let me let me forget forget that I said does she survive the series because I asked that about a, about a companion once before. Yeah. Um, so let me rephrase the question: How does Bill leave at the end of this series? Trip says she death. She <laughs> sacrifices herself for something or tragically something dies. Something pointless and then dies. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> Not pointless. <laughs> I mean, that does that does happen sometimes. They die for no reason. Adric. <laughs> Poor Adric. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe she literally is just going to stop going to the college. She's going to get a life. And then she's just going to get away. Then, yeah. 
So, so Trip, you say she's going to sacrifice herself. She's going to die tragically, basically. Tragically? Sacrificially? <sighs> or, or both? One, huh? one or both. Hang your hat on something, buddy. Does she die? <laughs> Does she sacrifice herself? Probably. It's definitely okay. One so of you the think options. she's going to sacrifice herself, and it will be tragic. I mean, I would agree. Well, yeah. those go hand in hand. Yeah. Okay. So Corbin, uh, you th- what now? You think she's going to just transfer to a new school? Like she's going to? <laughs> Is that what she's saying? She's going to graduate. She's going to get a life. You say. Get a life. Okay. She's going to graduate college, she's buy a house, and just leave. So she's she's going to pull I'm a Martha out. slash <laughs> Donna the first time. Donna the yeah. first time. Yeah. Probably. Okay. So well. she's going to get a life. And she's okay. I'm out. So trip. So interestingly, interestingly, I'm going to point this out. You both think she's leaving by a decision she's making herself. So for example, you know, she decided like Adric (laughs) made a decision and he died. Yeah. Right. Uh, Rose did not choose. She, she got sucked into the vortex thing and ended up in the parallel dimension. Um, uh, uh, Clara, kind of left on her own terms you know it was amy well left so rory rory got sucked away and then so amy, amy made a chose. decision yeah amy chose so y'all are saying uh trip you're saying she's going to sacrifice herself which means she's leaving on her own terms yeah. corbin you say she's going to leave the doctor because she's going to get a life she's gonna she's gonna find Girl, she's gonna what? a reason is going to develop for her to not be a companion anymore yeah so neither of you mm-hmm. think it's going to be like Oh no, she gets separated. sucked away, sucked away into another portal into yeah. another dimension. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so Jared, we need, we need, now we need your answer. So in your next theory section, how does Bill leave at the end of series 10? So, all right, guys, um, noobs in the Whovian, as always is a production of master closet studios where it's always smaller on the in- inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin reason. Your audio engineer is this guy. I'm trip. Reason. And your production editor is the other guy I'm Corbin. who, uh, decided not to use his last name. <laughs> Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his classic Who connections. And shout outs as always to Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. We love you guys. Y'all are awesome. You can find us at noobsandthewhovian.com where you can find links to all of our social media, our emails, our Patreon, and where you can subscribe in all of the places because we are in so many of the places. Wherever you found us, make sure you subscribe, leave us a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoovy, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the news. news. And until next time, be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. There will be bloopers. Corbin. <laughs> 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 <laughs>